The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Tuesday, November 8th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news made possible when you shop through the Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. Perhaps our long national nightmare is almost over. This one, anyway. There will likely be others. The campaign you thought would never end finally has, at least officially. Work has already begun on the festivities of Inauguration Day in late January for whoever is elected. It was this morning after midnight that Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump gave it a rest, putting an end to the ugliest presidential campaign in a long, long time. Trump whizzed through five states just as he'd done the day before, including a stop in Scranton, PA, and wrapping up the long day's night in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mike Pence hit five states as well, joining Trump for the final two. Clinton brought in all the big guns for that final day. President and Mrs. Obama, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, and husband Bill, and she was played off by Bruce Springsteen and John Bon Jovi. Her running mate, Tim Kaine, had four stops, two in the battleground state of North Carolina and two in his home state of Virginia. Most of us are glad this part is over, a campaign that's been a little like a train wreck. You didn't want to see it, but you couldn't look away, even if you wanted to. And there is possibly more drama ahead. Trump's never said whether he'll concede if defeated. And even if Trump were to lose, we surely haven't heard the last from him or about him. 40% of his supporters say they won't accept Clinton as their president. Republicans in Congress have promised more investigations of Clinton and even impeachment. And neither president will be happy with the head of their FBI, Mr. James Comey, who is today's biggest loser. Comey says he will not resign, that he intends to serve out the remaining seven years of his 10-year term. In a very close race, it appears Hillary Clinton has a slight edge with voting underway now across most of the country. 42 million of us have already voted in a record year for early turnout. In the public opinion polls, Fox News agrees with CBS and ABC it's Clinton by 4%. NBC is projecting a six-point win for Clinton, even in a four-way race that includes Gary Johnson and Jill Stein. Most of the polls have Clinton winning, but within the margin of error, and in some cases, just barely. Bloomberg and Rasmussen have her up by three. That UPI poll that favored Trump in recent months also has Clinton ahead by nearly three points. Over the past week, that poll has seen Clinton hold steady as Trump lost over a point and a half. Quinnipiac has Clinton up by only 2%, and the New York Times has Trump and Clinton tied. The polls show her losing to Donald Trump in Ohio, Arizona, Georgia, and Missouri. Florida and Nevada were too close to call. With votes still being cast, Clinton was leading but just barely in Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, and Iowa. And when it comes to electoral votes, Ms. Clinton's path is much easier, with more options than the opportunities available to Mr. Trump. Of the four states that are complete toss-ups, Trump would have to win at least three of them. Clinton can win just one of the toss-up states, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, or Florida. There's nothing unusual about election monitors to make sure the vote is fair and square across the country. The elections are supervised by cities, counties, and states. But it's the federal government's job to enforce the Voting Rights Act, what's left of it, aimed at making elections fair for all voters. In a year that's included charges of rigging and voter fraud, the Justice Department is sending 500 employees to monitor the votes in 67 cities today. 
That's actually 280 fewer monitors than it sent out in 2012, thanks to a Supreme Court decision that gutted much of the Voting Rights Act. Nevertheless, there will be federal monitors in three states that are must-wins for both candidates, Florida, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. They'll fan out over Phoenix, Philadelphia, and Hartford. Six of the cities being monitored are in Connecticut, but Chicago and New York are on the itinerary as well. Federal civil rights lawyers are standing by at a hotline for those who believe they've been unfairly denied their right to vote. 800-253-3931. 94 U.S. attorneys are standing by to handle formal accusations of election fraud. The Democrats are given better than even odds for winning control of the Senate today. They need to land at least four new seats, plus the vice presidency, to make it easier for a second President Clinton to get the Supreme Court nominees confirmed. There are also important questions on the ballot today. California is one of several states voting on marijuana laws, possibly loosening the rules for over 80 million people. Five states are voting on whether to raise the minimum wage. Health care changes are on the ballot in five states, and four states are voting on changes in their gun laws. Three states are voting on changes to their death penalty laws. Yesterday was supposed to have been the day that jury selection would begin for Dylan Roof. He's the 22-year-old white man who's confessed to killing nine black churchgoers in cold blood out of a hatred of African Americans. The Charleston, South Carolina judge handling the case said jury selection would be delayed because he needed to consult with Roof and his lawyers who'd filed a motion that's being kept under wraps. Roof also faces nearly three dozen federal charges and a possible death penalty. Roof, who says he was inspired by the Trayvon Martin killing, has offered to plead guilty if prosecutors will pass on the execution option. Jury selection actually began two months ago with 3,000 potential jurors. That's been pared down to 500, each one interviewed by the judge. In a few weeks, it would be down to 12 jurors and six alternates. The trial was expected to begin after Thanksgiving, but that date may also be pushed back. Even with the closing of wastewater wells and a cutback in fracking, Oklahoma continues to be plagued by earthquakes. The latest one Sunday night was a 5.0 that was felt throughout Kansas and as far away as Kansas City, Missouri, Little Rock, Arkansas, and 250 miles away in Dallas. As many as 50 buildings are damaged in Cushing, Oklahoma, where the quake was centered. We now also know that quake was one of three recently in Oklahoma. The first was near Perry, a 3.1. The second near Pawnee, a 4.5. Even Sunday's quake ranks only fifth among the Sooner State's most powerful tremors in a state now plagued with earthquakes caused by the pumping of petroleum wastewater underground and the fracturing of the shale that supports the soil. Now in its fourth year with over 3.5 million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the REL Network. Ready or not, it's also time to start your holiday shopping, but you can save time and money and give vital support to this free daily newscast when you do that shopping through my Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. Amazon's Black Friday store is already open with new bargains every day, so check in often. You'll find fresh deals all season long on electronics, fitness gear, and everything for outdoor fun. Amazon's annual holiday toy list is up and running, too. There are three Kindle tablet models for under 100 bucks, and Amazon's still the best place to buy the amazing Echo and its offspring, Amazon Tap and the Amazon Dot for just $49.99. Art supplies, photo and video equipment, clothing, jewelry, Amazon has almost everything. 
and it can arrive at your door within two days with free shipping if you also join Amazon Prime through the links on my webpage. When you shop Amazon through the links on buzzburbank.com, you help sustain this free news. I know you have a choice of shows to support with Amazon. I am extremely grateful when you shop through me. Just click the Amazon logo at buzzburbank.com and bookmark it. In a setback to the environment and global warming, Americans have never burned as much gasoline as they are right now. We set a new record for gas consumption over the summer, chugging down over 9.5 million barrels a day. Miles traveled are up accordingly, also setting a new record. But even with gas a bit pricier than that time last year, we traveled well over 9 billion miles per day. For what it's worth, we're getting better gas mileage. More miles on fewer gallons of gas, thanks to more efficient cars. But lower gas prices gave us freedom to travel more and spend more, boosting the economy, even if it wasn't quite enough to be a healthy boost. After paying over four bucks a gallon six months after Obama took office, we're now averaging just under two and a quarter a gallon. The truth about Wells Fargo continues to be revealed. The latest, that the California-based bank overcharged by millions of dollars for home appraisals for customers who'd already defaulted on their mortgages. In a settlement with the feds, Wells Fargo's agreed to pay back those customers $50 million. That money will be divided among a quarter million Wells Fargo customers starting next year. A home appraisal is normally $30 to $50. Wells Fargo charged $135 to people already short on money. The bank is still being investigated for that and other things, including a sales promotion that encouraged employees to open phony accounts in the names of and with the money of real customers without their knowledge. The CEO at the time has since resigned, but quoting the new CEO, we're prepared for things to get worse before they get better. Pumpkin chucking is fun until somebody gets hurt this badly. A Delaware woman was in critical condition after she was hit in the head with a pumpkin and parts of the cannon from which it was fired. This particular pumpkin chunking competition encourages the use of cannons, catapults, and other contraptions to see who can hurl the big orange fruit the farthest. A male bystander was also injured, but not seriously. Had the launching area not been roped off, even more people might have been hurt. The pumpkin chunking contest in Bridgeville, Delaware, had just returned after two years off following a paralyzing ATV accident involving a volunteer pumpkin retriever three years ago. The last president to commute a substantial number of prison sentences was Lyndon Johnson. He commuted about 250. President Obama, however, has commuted nearly four times as many as he tries to correct outlandishly long prison terms, mostly for nonviolent crimes, mostly drug crimes. The president's approaching a thousand commutations, and there'll likely be many more in his final two and a half months in office. Obama shortened sentences for 72 more last week. It was 98 the week before that. He's now commuted 994 sentences, including 324 life sentences, as part of his Second Chance initiative. And now, here's your weekly Fandango movie roundup, most of which was cut for time yesterday. Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange was number one in North American theaters, selling $85 million in tickets. Trolls was second at $46 million. Hacksaw Ridge was a distant third, followed by Medea's Halloween and Inferno. And although you heard this part yesterday, here it is in context. The Accountant was sixth, Jack Reacher's latest was seventh, 
followed by Ouija, Origin of Evil, Girl on the Train, and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. For your local theaters and showtimes, previews, tickets, and so much more, and to support this free news, please use and bookmark the Fandango link you'll find at buzzburbank.com. Police in Australia found themselves buried in extra paperwork after they'd arrested a woman on an outstanding warrant. Police in Brisbane asked the woman if she had anything on her, and she said yes, a baby koala bear, and handed them a green canvas knapsack. And inside, yes, was a joey, which is what they call baby koalas and kangaroos in the land down under. The woman said she'd found the baby bear on the side of the road the night before and was caring for it. Animal experts recommend against that and turn the joey over to the SPCA. We don't know if the woman had named the koala, but quoting a spokesman at the SPCA, we've called him Alfred. In Australia, there is no stand-your-ground law. In fact, it's even illegal to shoot an intruder in your home unless it's for self-defense. So a 68-year-old man in Sydney is in trouble for shooting the man who'd taken his money and tried to steal his car. The suspect backed the man's car out of its garage but hit a fence, so he got out and ran away on foot. The homeowner grabbed his bow and arrow and shot the thief in the buttocks. The thief then jumped into a different parked car down the street. We don't know how he sat down and drove it away. Police are still looking for anyone who needs treatment for an arrow injury back there. But they've arrested the homeowner for violating Australia's strict laws on assault. And finally, in Toronto, a street performer dressed as Spider-Man had a choice to make when he saw a woman leave a costume shop with items for which she had not paid. On one hand, what would Spider-Man do, right? On the other, Mark Zilio didn't want to lose his street performer's license, and besides, quoting him, I'm not trained to handle someone when they're hostile. In the end, he put it all on the line and grabbed the woman, holding her until the store's security guard could catch up. Zilio says the woman was very squirmy and that holding her wasn't easy. The store manager says what Zilio did was great. Still, Zilio told a reporter, I never want to become involved in these things. But he admits that is the price of being Spider-Man. With great power, he says, comes great responsibility. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening. And thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at BuzzBurbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank News and Comments. Buzz, buzz. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.